Hey friends, this is Josh Blair, and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer for the message you hear today, that it will inspire you and encourage you to walk closer with Jesus this week. If you want to stay connected with us, please check us out at CVC Madera, both on Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church. Thanks for listening. Hey, Central Valley Church, this is Shane Lehman, full-time missionary. And uh, we are super excited to be back in California, me, Naomi, and the kids. We've been on the road for the past four days, más o menos five days, and um, we are coming home for the holidays. So we're super excited to take a break from being in Mexico, doing full-time missions work. And we've just, uh, we're excited to share with you, one, what God has been doing in Mexico, um, and not only in Mexico, but through the ministry that we're a part of as a whole in Cuba and in El Salvador. And I just want to read off some amazing, amazing statistics that they have, uh, that we have for you guys to know what God has been doing. And I just want to thank you for everything you guys have done to empower us in spreading the gospel in Mexico. And so check this out. These are some of the statistics from this year, even with a pandemic, even with COVID-19 going on and lockdowns and things like that, the gospel still has not stopped going forward. And so we had, so these are the statistics for Mexico, um, actually for Mexico, Cuba, and El Salvador all together, um, 6,604 salvations, 107 documented uh, healing miracles that took place. 80 water baptisms, 164 Holy Spirit baptisms, 5,016 people being discipled. And so not only with those statistics going on, we've also been building houses for the poor. In the beginning of the pandemic, we had a storm that came through and really messed up a lot of people's houses and roofs. And so we've been continued to build houses that's become a bigger project to where we're transforming our community community where we're going to our community and we're transforming them from not only spiritually but actually physically and so we figure that this time that the Lord is highlighting during this time that we are to go out and be a salt in the light in the darkness and transform our community and reach people in their houses and so it's been wonderful wonderful time it's been Hard times has been good times. Um, we also were able to get a tent, a crusade tent. This year, the seats about a thousand people that we're going to be using to do crusades throughout Mexico. And right now, we have it set up stationary, literally right outside my door. I can walk out and go right to the crusade tent, where we're beginning in February, going to start doing once every other month. We haven't really decided maybe once every other month, maybe once a month that we'll be doing crusades underneath that tent. And um, I have a wonderful story to share with you that just happened recently there. Um, but God is doing great things. And in the midst of that, there is also tough times. And in the midst of that, there's glorious times. And, and so I'm, I'm excited to give you guys a report of everything that God has been doing. And so... Um, today, I wanted to talk to you guys about the power of the gospel, the power of sharing the good news of Christ. And there's this quote that 
I, many people have come to me and they quote this quote to me and I actually don't like this quote. And they quote it in saying that it's from Francis of Assisi and it goes like this, preach the gospel at all times, use words if necessary. And most of the time when I hear people say this to me, most of the time when they say this quote to me, it's their way of getting out of sharing the good news of Christ. Usually it's more in-depth theological people that share that with me, but I don't buy it because as I look through scriptures, as I look and see Christ in the scripture, as I see him in the way he is, I see that he proclaims, one, he's the savior. Two, I see the disciples through the book of Acts proclaiming, lifting up their voice and 3,000 people being saved. So we're going to look at the scripture of how that works. So right here, I want to start off by saying, preach the gospel. Use words that communicate the gospel. Yes, people will know we are Christians by our love. At the same time, they'll know we are Christians. And yes, there's a such thing as friendship evangelism. But me personally, I like to make friends with somebody in two minutes and then give the gospel. What if you spend your whole life becoming friends with somebody because you want to do friendship evangelism and it takes a whole year for you finally to share the gospel and within that whole year, they end up dying and they never heard the gospel. But they knew you were kind. They knew you were loving. Those are great things. But yet, they need the opportunity, the opportunity to hear the gospel. They need the opportunity to hear that there is one man who came to this earth who died, who rose from the grave so that they could have eternal life, so that they could step into the family of God and that they could experience and know him, not just be saved from hell and go to heaven. That is wonderful. Yes, we want that. But that they would actually come into intimate knowledge, relationship with Christ, meaning that they know his personality, they know how he speaks, they know how he governs, they know how he acts, meaning that they would know him as a bride, that they would know him as the bridegroom, I mean, that they would know him as the king, as they, that they would know him as the judge, that they would see every facet of the diamond as they look through the scriptures and that they would know him, they would know him. That is the biggest thing. This is what we're saved for. We're saved to know him. We are saved to become into that intimate relationship with him and hear his voice and to walk out this relationship with him and to have the tools to be equipped when times are rough, when times are easy. And so this is what people are being saved from. They're being saved into the family of God. They are being saved into the family of God. And so how do people, how are people gonna know that Jesus is the Savior if we don't communicate with words. That is so important to use words to communicate the gospel. If we look at Acts 2, 14, 14 through verse 41, verse 14 through 41, um, Peter stands up and it says he lifts up his voice and he gives the gospel. He lifted his voice. It means he opened his mouth and he communicated the gospel. And 3,000 people were saved when the gospel was communicated. We see in Acts chapter 3, verse 11 through 26, Peter stands up and he preaches in the temple courts. He preaches in the temple courts 
after the lame man is healed. And what happens? People hear the gospel because he stands up and he proclaims it. Now, this is something that I feel a lot of people have a struggle with when it comes to sharing the gospel is that they're so concerned about the result. Are they going to accept Christ? Are they not going to accept Christ? That is not to be our concern. Our concern is to be faithful in sharing the good news, is to be faithful in sharing what God has given us in the relationship that we love to be a part of. I mean, Christ has poured out his love into our hearts. And so we want to communicate that love that, that lives with inside of us. All people should have the right to know. They have the right to know what real love is and that love can live inside of them. And that is poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I know this is kind of like a cliche thing to say during like a, a pandemic and things like that. But if you had the antidote, if you had the antidote to sin, if you had the antidote, if you had the antidote to COVID-19, wouldn't you want to give the antidote? Wouldn't you want to give that? Well, Christ had the antidote for sin and he gave it. He gave his blood. There is only one way to be vaccinated from sin, and that is through the blood of Christ. And so we are to communicate that. How do you give the vaccine to those who are, who are living in sin without a savior, you have to communicate the gospel to them. And then they have the will to either choose it or not. So we have to come to a place where we don't allow to press the pressure of the, yes, I want to get saved, or the pressure of what's going to happen to me if I do share the gospel, maybe I'm going to get cussed out. I mean, the least in the States, you're going to, get, you're going to probably have somebody say something negative to you. But the outcome of you sharing the gospel is not on you because the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals that Jesus is the Savior. The Holy Spirit is the one who convicts of sin and righteousness, and we have to allow him to do the work. We can't make it happen, but yet we can communicate the gospel in a way that allows people to have that opportunity to accept, to accept Jesus as a Savior. I remember preaching the gospel right there in Madeira at the swap meet. And I remember this family came up and they wanted prayer and the mom and the dad wanted to get saved. Well, the little girl who's probably like, I, don't, I really don't know the age, but she's much older than my oldest daughter. She didn't even know who Jesus was when we asked her. She had no clue who Jesus was. You're talking maybe like eight years old or so. But that's the problem with that is on us. We have to communicate the gospel. People have to have the opportunity to accept Christ as the Savior. And in times like this, when there's much fear, much stress, when it feels like there's no hope, like what's going on, people are looking for an answer. People are looking for an, like an outlet would be a word that most people would use in the world. And so I want to encourage you with some phrases, some things that you can say to people and to where you can get the conversation started that don't put the pressure on. You don't even, not even saying Jesus right away, not even saying God right away, not even saying Christianity right away, right away to where you can actually get the conversation going. And so these are some of those questions. One of the questions that you can ask to get the conversation rolling is you can ask, what do you think of, is there an afterlife? 
Now, this is a common um, terminology that people would see on like a movie or they would see on a TV show. And people actually ponder this, like what's gonna happen after this life? When you ask something like that right away, there's no pressure because they're not hearing Jesus because as soon as they hear Jesus, sometimes they're like, hey, am I gonna, you're gonna start trying to just convert me. You know, you just want me to convert. <laughs> yeah, of course we want to convert. <laughs> but the there's no pressure with saying Jesus. There's no pressure with saying uh, you're saying God or Christianity. You're not saying any of that stuff. So there's no pressure right away. So they're going to either say, yeah, you know what? Actually, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. And then you hear them. Now, the key thing to like personal evangelism is listening to people. You've got to listen to them. You've got to listen to what they're saying. Um, and then as you're listening to them, you're listening to the Holy Spirit and how you can talk to them. We were out at a house that we were building and um, one, the husband of the house kept trying to, or was working and we kept trying to meet with him. We could never meet with him. And he finally made it home one day. And because the whole goal of not just building a house, but actually like make disciples in, in that house. And so um, the husband came home and this is a good example that my friend used. Me and my friend got to actually see him for the first time. We started talking to him and we started sharing the gospel with him. He started listening to what we had to say. And then as my friend Roberto and me were listening to him, he said a really, really good phrase. He said, look, we can build you this new house that will last you about 25 years before you have to start doing repairs on it. But you can have a new life that will last for eternity. And that's much more important. He, he, in that moment, he was listening to the Holy Spirit on how a conversation that he was simply having, how he could weave in the gospel. That man ended up getting saved and he's actually a part of being discipled in, the, in our home discipleship now. And so it's listening to the Holy Spirit as you're talking to people listening to what they're saying, and the Holy Spirit will give the words to say. Now, whether they get saved or not, that's not on you. That is on the Holy Spirit to reveal that Jesus is the Son of God and that there's only one Savior. My favorite, one of my favorite, I have many favorite scriptures, but one of my favorite scriptures for evangelism is in John 14 when he says, no one I can think of it in Spanish right now. I'm trying to think of it in English. It's, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. No one can come to the Father except through me. And this is a key, key scripture in sharing your faith with people. And not even having to quote that, but communicating that in a simple way for an unbeliever. Because the reality is, people, those who don't know Christ, they don't know your Christian lingo. They, they're not going to understand sanctification and when you're using these big words you have to learn to say it on simple terms i mean the gospel is meant to be communicated in a simple way to where those who you're speaking to are able to understand we don't want to make it complicated we want to make it simple so that's like a really good question back to the question that i said is hey do you believe that there's an afterlife that's one good question another good question you can ask people when sharing your faith is, hey, I would love to hear your story. Where are you from? A simple conversation of their story and where they're from can lead into the gospel. 
And I can't give you the formula of how that would work out from there, but you have to initiate or you have to start the conversation and you have to go there with the Holy Spirit in the conversation with the people. And sometimes during those times, the Lord will give you words of knowledge and things like that. That's a whole nother teaching for another time. But starting a simple conversation about who they are. People love to talk about themselves. They love to. And so if you can get people talking to you about themselves, then you can jump in the conversation. And many times, many, many times, you can actually, when you hear people's life story, you can see how God was there in their life story. And you can actually help point that out in their life. Many times I've, ha- I've heard people say, wow, I never really saw it that way. I mean, somebody's, have you ever been in a car accident before? Ask somebody that question. Wow, that opens up a lot. I mean, some people, no, I've never been in a car accident. And then you, you just go on to other stuff. But it's a great icebreaker. Like, I, I've done so many different ways of approaching people. Words of knowledge is always the most difficult one approaching people because I'm like, okay, how do I come at it like this? But it's, it's still fun because I got to still step past my comfortable zone. Comfortable zone. The Holy Spirit is the comforter, and he, we are made to live uncomfortable. We're made to do things past our comfortable zone so that he can comfort us. Like, I've had many times where I'm sharing the gospel, and the Holy Spirit has to comfort me because I'm like, ah, oh, I don't really, like, this is really uncomfortable. I love sharing the gospel, so I'm going to do it, but yet I'm uncomfortable in the situation that, in which I'm doing it, but yet the Holy Spirit, I have to rely on him to comfort me in that. And so we have to step out past our comfortable zone, relying on the Holy Spirit to comfort us in those moments. I uh, recently heard a quote that was like really, really good about the Holy Spirit. And it impacted me big time. And this is what it said. The Holy Spirit is not the doer. He is the helper you do, and he helps. And I, man, that is so, so true. So many times I have to, I have to realize, Holy Spirit, you, have, you are in me to help me and empower me to advance the kingdom, and I will rely on you as I do it. And so those are some few tips on how you can engage people in sharing the gospel. We want to we do things naturally. We don't have to like be charismatic hype as we're out in the street ministering to people or whatever kind of setting, we can actually minister to people in a relational uh, level. Now, like I said before, I love, I love relational evangelism, but let's make relationship with people in two minutes instead of two years. It's important. You never know. There's many times, I've heard many stories with friends that I've been surrounded with that, hey, I knew I was supposed to share the gospel with this person, and the person ends up dying like the next day, and they never responded to doing that. Um, and so it's important to share the gospel when the opportunity arises or engage the opportunity, being sensitive. One of the things that I ask when I go into a store is I say, Holy Spirit, who can I bring hope to today? Who can I do this to today? And sometimes nobody, I believe, Many times, there's many times I just do it to do it, but there's many times where I do it because the Holy Spirit is highlighting a person. 
And I found that when the Holy Spirit highlights people, it's much more effective and people are much more responsive to the gospel. And so I want to encourage you, start having conversation with the Holy Spirit when you go to the grocery store, uh, before somebody comes and drops off food at your house, whatever. What is a word of hope? What is a word of encouragement that I can give to this person? And as you are faithful in that little bit, God will give the increase. Now, sometimes we think of God giving the increase for like 10 years from now, but sometimes the increase comes within five minutes of stewarding the little bit. And so we don't really know until we actually do it. And so we have to do, he helps, the Holy Spirit helps, he empowers, and we advance. The Holy Spirit did not anoint us to be lazy. The Holy Spirit did not anoint us to not advance the kingdom. Like, he anointed us to do this. He anointed us to, first and foremost, draw near to the Lord and become more like him. And out of that place, to share the goodness of Christ. And so... I want to share some obstacles that get in the way of sharing the gospel and that will, will, one, make you feel like, wow, this is a normal feeling that I have and kind of help you overcome that. Um, two, it'll empower you to do this. It'll empower you to share the gospel. And these were tips that were given to me by an incredible man named Hal Linhart. He was a, a great, a great mentor to people in evangelism. And so these are some of the the things that he had pointed out to me that helped me uh, really excel in doing evangelism. One, some of the biggest things that we, um, one of the biggest things we have when it comes to evangelism is fear. And I always say to people on the other side of fear is awesomeness. Like when we learn to step past our fear in reliance on the Lord, there is greatness on the other side. Now, and I'm talking about evangelism context. Like, there's many times I've been afraid to share the gospel, but I know the benefits and the power of the gospel, and I'll do it anyways. And usually after the time that I've done that, I'm so grateful I did because of the impact that it had or because the adrenaline that I get from doing it afterwards. And it's liberating, for me, it's liberating on the inside. Like, wow, I overcame fear. I went past my fear when it, when I was experiencing it. Number two is find somebody to do it with. This is a huge one. Like when you're sharing the gospel, it's so much easier to be consistent on doing it. it well, with consistency, it's easier to do it when you have somebody to do it with. Um, and when you have somebody to do it with, it, it's like accountability in sharing the gospel. I remember Hal actually told me, he said, look, Shane, when you go back to California, find one or two people and schedule once a week to go out and evangelize and you'll continue to do it. And that's what I did. Schedule a time that you'll go out and evangelize if that works for you. If, um, or my time, because I have a big family. I, I mean, we do a lot when it comes to missions in Mexico, going out evangelizing villages and Colonia and stuff like that. But my wife has actually become more of my accountability. Like I'll share with her like, Hey, I think I should share the gospel with somebody. And, and I'll say out of insecurity to her and she'll say, well, you're never going to really know unless you go share the gospel with the person. <laughs> so your wife, a family member is good accountability, even if they don't go with you to share the gospel. 
Um, I've had many scenarios where, like, I had a word of knowledge for somebody because I asked before I went into the store, like, hey, Lord, show me who I can bring hope to today. And he shows me, and then I tell my wife, hey, I think this is what the Lord's saying, but I don't know. And she's like, you don't really know unless you go do it. You better go do it. And I do it, and I end up being so thankful I did because, one, that person either gets saved or, two, that person ended up being a believer and God touched them in a very encouraging way that he touches their heart and causes them to be like, wow, I didn't know God knew me this way. And it allows me to then edify the believer and say, yes, this is the God you serve. A couple more things that I would like to encourage you to do is just know two or three scriptures on salvation. Know those three scriptures and then learn to communicate them very simple, not like the scripture verbatim, but like how can you communicate it in a conversational way? Because most of you guys aren't, most of you watching this are, more than likely aren't going to preach the gospel in a crusade setting. And so um, with personal evangelism, talking to people, you want to communicate so clear and very relational in the way that you're communicating. And so I want to, I want to encourage you to do this exercise. Read the book of John. And as you're reading the book of John, I want to encourage you to Allow the Holy Spirit to highlight a story in John that sticks out to you the most. And then look into that, that story and see how you can communicate the gospel through that story to a non-believer without sounding like a theologian, but just sounding like a normal person having a conversation with somebody. Um, there's a, a simple... Uh, I, I don't know how you would say it. I guess technique that, I don't want to say technique because you don't really rely on techniques when sharing the gospel. But um, there's a simple outline. That's the word. There's a simple outline that I use when sharing the gospel. And it is the purpose. What is the purpose of our life? What was the problem that happened? And what was the plan? And then what is the solution? And you can usually put plan and solution together. So what was what did we what were you created for? What were you intended for? What was the problem? What it, what is the problem that came into this world? Then what is the plan that God has? Yeah, just tie those last two in together and that really works out well cuz you can if you can write that out or if you can understand that what we were created for what was the problem? Why? What was God's plan? You know, Christ coming, the, how he solved it, Christ coming and dying for us. If you can come to a, write that out and have a very simple explanation, it will bring clarity to people when you're giving the gospel. And so we want to be able to communicate in that way because really Christ saved us to restore what was lost in the garden. He wants intimate fellowship with all of mankind. He wants us to experience him and he wants us to know him. Not He wants everybody. He desires that all men should be saved. God desires that no, no man would perish. He, does, he doesn't delight in the death of the wicked. I mean, this is his heart. Like he wants every single person, every wicked person, every wicked person to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so it's up to you, it's up to me to share the gospel. After you're done sharing the gospel, 
you know, if, you're, if it's in your local town, invite them to the church. If you're out of town, stress to them, hey, you need to find a local church where you can get plugged in and get discipled. If you want to disciple them and you're able to, go for it. Jump in there and go for it. But I've heard some people say, hey, you catch the fish, you clean the fish, but it doesn't always work that way. And so if you, if you are going to um, share the gospel, stress, stress the importance of discipleship. It's not just because we can say, oh, it was a real conversion. They're being discipled. No, it's because people need to grow in the knowledge of God. People need to grow in relationship with Christ. They need to have the fundamentals of prayer, the fundamentals of the word being established in their life. They need this. They need true discipleship. They need that in their life. They need to grow in family together in the, in the body of Christ. And so we have to communicate these things. Is it going to take time out of your day to communicate and talk with people? Yes, it's going to take time. You're loving God with all of your strength. And this is one aspect. When you love people with your time, especially in sharing the gospel, that's loving with your strength. You're giving your time. You're giving your time to the Lord by sharing and communicating the gospel. And that is so powerful because time is always forever recorded. It's done with. You can't buy time. It's like the, you can't buy it at all, you know? And so you are loving, this is, you are loving Christ with all of your strength. The one aspect of many aspects of loving with all of your strength. And so I just want to encourage you guys with that today, that it's, it's exhilarating. It's fun. You got to step past the fear. Uh, for some people, it's easier than, other, for easier for others than some. Some people are like, well, I don't even know if I can do that. I don't know if I want to do that. Go and just be a part of some, be with somebody in doing that. And put your hand on their shoulder when they're praying for you. Another way, a good way to communicate the gospel is just to pray for people. Hey, can I pray for you? Wow, I see you're crying. What's going on? Look for those opportunities. And the Holy Spirit will give you the words and the wisdom to say in the midst of situations. And so I just want to, I'm going to wrap this up and I'm going to pray for you guys that the Lord would strengthen you, that the Holy Spirit would strengthen you to pray for people to communicate the gospel, to give you guys clear direction, clear layouts, scriptures that come alive in your heart to, that you can communicate to people, to a lost and dying world. So God, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for everybody tuning in and watching this. I'm asking you, Lord, that you would empower them to preach the gospel, to share the good news of Christ, and to do even exploits for the Lord, missions trips and Go to rescue missions and preach the gospel and, and, and love people with all of their heart. I ask you, God, that you would empower them to love people, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear past episodes. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate it and share it with your friends and help us out a lot. If you're interested in supporting